This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Oh my gosh. Hello. It is Dr. Siobhan, founder of Relatable. I'm so glad you are back here on this podcast. Like, I cannot express to you how excited I am about this episode. I had something else planned that I was going to talk with you about today. And then this idea came to me and I cannot get it out. I cannot share it with you fast enough because I think this is something that we struggle with so much in marriage. And I think what I'm going to share is going to blow your mind a little bit. It's going to challenge you and it's going to stretch you. And it's going to sort of be a game changer if you let it, right? If you let it. So today we are talking about when you don't get what you want, right? So let's just think about that for a minute, right? When you don't get what you want. How do you actually feel when you don't get the things that you want? I'm sure top of the list, frustrated, aggravated, annoyed, defeated, right? Like there's so many negative emotions that come when you don't get what you want. So let's like just take a deep dive into that. What are some things that you want when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your husband that you're not currently getting? Now, because I'm a wife as well, and because so many of my clients struggle with this, and so many of you talk with me about this, I know what some of those things are. I know exactly the things that you are not getting in your marriage. And it sounds a little bit something like this. My husband's not romantic. My husband uh, doesn't communicate with me. He doesn't tell me what's on his mind. My husband is not affectionate. My husband is not attentive. My husband is not supportive. My husband is not encouraging. My husband is not um, helping out enough. My husband is not engaged and present with me. My husband is not making an effort. My husband is not considerate. Um, My husband is not meeting my needs, right? Do I need to go on? I'm sure as you are listening, you can sort of place check marks in all of those things at any given moment, right? It's very easy to access the things that your husband is not. And the way that what you thought being married to him would be like and how that's just not the case, right? You walked into this situation expecting to feel a certain way, expecting him to be a certain way, expecting your relationship to offer you something that right now it may not be doing. 
And so you're in this place where you're feeling like, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting what I expected. I'm not getting what I should be getting in this relationship. And so first and foremost, I want you to know I understand that. I want you to know that I will not minimize um, some of the you know, heartbreak that brings, um, but I really want you to sit in a place of empowerment. I really want you to change your seat from being the victim of all that your husband is not to being, you know, like the victor of all that you are, right? This is always about you. It's always about the story that you tell. And it's always about how you choose to see what's happening. So I want to tell you a story. A funny thing happened to me the other day that is really relevant for this conversation. So I like Panera, I like Panera. Um, You may like Panera too. And so you're smiling and resonating with that. And so right now, one of my favorite things to get from Panera is the modern Greek salad with quinoa add chicken, right? Like that is when I want a salad, like that is one of the top things that comes to mind. And so the other day I went to Panera in the drive-thru. I'm so excited when I come across a Panera with a drive-thru. So I go to the drive-thru, order my salad, and I'm like super hungry. And I'm so excited to like dig into the salad. And so here's what's in it, if you don't know. So it is like a kale base, right? I really like kale. So it's a kale base and it has quinoa, like this really good quinoa mix with like roasted um, tomatoes. It has olives. It has feta. It has sliced almonds. And then I like to add chicken to it. So, you know, I get my salad. I open it up like mouth watering, ready for like all the goodness of that combination. And I look at the salad and all I notice is that the olives aren't there. The feta's not there. And the chicken's not there. I'm like, what is going on with this salad? Like, this is not what I want at all. This is going to be horrible, right? Because in my mind, I'm like, what I like about the salad is the combination of all those ingredients together, right? You got like the salty of the um, the <laughs> olives and the feta. And so I look at the salad and even before I taste it, I'm like, this is going to be gross. Like, Like, this is going to be bland. It's not what I want. I'm unhappy, right? I'm unhappy, but I'm also hungry. So I'm just going to suck it up and eat the salad. I'm going to have, you know, a bad facial expression and I'm not happy. So the funny thing about it, right? Like, I want you to imagine, I'm sure you've had some order of something you've, you know, wanted to eat. And for whatever reason, it didn't come out as prepared. It was missing an ingredient. And like the first thing you notice is that it's not there. Whatever that ingredient is, whatever combination of things you really wanted, our mind is like trained to just zero in on what's missing. Like, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't even tell you like what was there in the salad. All I know is that the feta and the olives and the chicken were not there. And that's what I focused on. 
And so I tell you that story because I see time and time again how this happens in marriage and how this happens when we look at our husbands, right? So that whole list of things like he's not romantic, he's not attentive, he's not this, he's not that, is clouding our judgment more than we know. And we've given ourselves permission to look at him in such a negative light. We've given ourselves permission to only see what's not there rather than focusing on what is there. And I think that is a travesty. I think it is one of the biggest things that creates a wedge in a marriage. It's one of the biggest things that's responsible for your unhappiness right now. And I myself, even today, found myself like believing the lie, right? Believing the lie about something that my husband is not. And it's a lie. And I was so glad And, you know, I will credit the Holy Spirit for, like, just telling me, like, that's a lie, Siobhan. Like, don't you even walk down this road and think that thought about him, right? And I want to say the same to you. Like, whatever it is you feel like your husband is not being, whatever it is you feel like your husband is not doing, it is a lie, But we believe the lie because we have deceived ourselves in a couple of different ways. And so the first way, excuse me, the first way that we fall into this trap is we have a sense of entitlement, right? We have this sense of entitlement that the way we pictured our marriage and the things our husband would be doing for us, the things our husband would be saying for us was going to be what it was. It's like, yep, I want a husband that, you know, likes to take me out on dates. I want a husband that asks me how my day is. I want a husband that um, shows me affection and encourages me and uplifts me. And none of those things are wrong to want, But I think we get into trouble when it comes from a place of entitlement, when it comes from a place where you're like, he should be doing this. And that's not to say that you don't deserve it because you absolutely do. You absolutely deserve the best. You do. You are worthy of love and affection and everything that your heart desires. But when it comes from a place of entitlement, entitlement is like linked directly to judgment. Because when we don't get what we believe we are entitled for, we then judge the person who is not bringing that thing to us. And so we fall into this trap of just feeling like he should be doing this. He should be doing this and this is what I want. And when he's not doing it the way that I want, then I'm unhappy. And when I'm unhappy, then I withdraw from him. I'm mean to him. I judge him. I criticize him. And there we go right? I know that it's happening. I know that it is happening because that's one of the first things I help my private clients stop doing. And so I want to tell you, stop doing that. Stop coming from this place of entitlement. And I'm going to say something that you're not going to like, and that's going to really rub you the wrong way. And you may not ever want to listen to this podcast again, but I have to say it in truth and love because you have to know this. Your husband doesn't owe you anything. 
He doesn't owe you anything. And I know that hurts. I know that's counter to like what you've been taught in society, in the media, everywhere you look, right? We've been given this message that our husband is supposed to meet our needs. And it's just not true. It's just not true. And the sooner you can open yourself up to that being a possibility, the sooner you can open yourself up to that being the truth that your husband doesn't owe you anything, that is a direct line to peace. It is. Like all of the expectations you place on him that he's not meeting disappear. And again, I'm not saying that the things you want that you're not getting in your marriage are bad. I'm not saying that you don't even deserve it, but it's not his job to show up and love you the way you think he should. That he is an adult and that God created him with his own mind. And, you know, he has free will, just like we have free will, right? Like God is not down here saying to you every day, like you need to read your Bible and you need to pray to me this certain way. You need to worship me this particular way, right? Like, yes, we have the Bible as the reference point, as our guidebook, but God has also given us free will, And even in our mistakes, right, and not loving God the way that we should, God still loves us unconditionally. And his love is like from everlasting to everlasting. And so I just want to plant the seed. Like, what if you could get to that place in your marriage? What if you could get to the place where you don't feel entitled, where you you know that like, yes, this is what a husband should do. And yes, this is what a husband should be. And if your husband is not doing that, it's still okay. And you still get to love him. So I'm just going to lay that there. And I want you to think about it. I want you to marinate about it and just warm up to it because the thing you want most is peace. The thing you want most is happiness. And the holdup to that is your mind. The holdup to that is the way you're thinking about and seeing your husband. And so the sooner you can let some of that stuff go, the happier you will be, the more at peace you will be with everything that's happening in your marriage. The second reason we fall into this trap of believing these lies is that we really have a limited viewpoint on what love is and how a person shows it to us. And so, you know, if I were to ask you to just write down, like, what are the things a husband can do to show his wife that he loves her? And you would come up with your list, right? Like he would tell her he loves her. He would make time with her. He would talk to her. He would support her and encourage her, right? We have this definition of what it means for another person to show us love. But I want to ask you, like, how do you know that? Like, how do you know a person loves you? You're looking for this outward demonstration of love, but you actually have no idea like what's on the inside of their heart. And if you really think about it, I'm sure there have been people in your life who have shown you love, quote unquote, in those ways, but actually didn't really love you, right? They didn't really love you at like 
the way and at the level that love really exists. They were just going through the motions. And so everything you think about what love looks like, everything you think about what it means for two people to love each other, I want you to just challenge it a little bit. I want you to question it a little bit and and identify the ways that you put love in a box, right? I love the book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. And one of the things when I first came across that, um, that information, one of the things that stood out to me is that like, wow, five love languages, like this is an expanded view of how I can experience love, right? So my love language is words of affirmation. Like I'm very aware of that. But the challenge is when I put myself in the box of only feeling loved when my husband is affirming me and saying nice things to me, then I miss out on all the fullness of love from his physical touch, from his acts of service, right? All those other love languages. And so we have to get out of the box and this limited mindset of what our husband's love looks like and means to us because we're missing out on so many other ways he is demonstrating love to us. The third thing that gets us trapped and gets us caught up is comparison. And this is actually the little like trip I even made today. It happened like two times back to back, but I pulled myself up and uh, I'm glad I did. And what happens is we see how someone else's husband is interacting with them. And if we feel like that is a void in our own relationship, that that's a place where our husband is not performing or underperforming, we have a tendency to sort of magnify that as an issue. And comparison is the thief of joy, which is a really famous quote. And it's so true, right? Because nine times out of 10, the way we are making the comparison is that we are the loser, that we're the victim, that we're missing out on something that someone else has, that everyone else has, and we're the only person that doesn't have it. And that type of thinking does not serve us at all. Because what it does is it spins us and it spirals us into this just place of negativity where we begin to see all the ways our husband's is not being the man we want him to be. And all the ways someone else that we don't even know is being the man that we want them to be, right? It's When you really think about it, like it's ridiculous, you know, because we're comparing our husbands a lot of times to people that we really, truly don't really know. And yet we're putting that other person on the pedestal like, oh, they're such a good husband. Look at how they attend to their wife. Look at how much he does for her. Look at how he praises her. But we don't know the full story of that man, that other man we're comparing our husband to, right? Because here's the thing. Everybody has great qualities and everybody has difficult qualities. And what I had to do and what I encourage you to do and what I help my clients to do is to always remember that like marriage is you take the good and the bad of a person. No one is perfect, And so we put on a pedestal particular qualities and particular aspects 
only to diminish the other things that are present in our marriage. And so I want you to take a look at that. I want you to see the lie in that. And I want you to see how that doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve your marriage. And it's not going to help you get to where you're trying to go right now. And so those are the like trip ups that we all fall into from time to time. We feel entitled. We have such a limited viewpoint of what love can look like. And then we compare. And here's the thing, though. Here's the sort of subtext about the comparison that I think we can actually turn around in this conversation together so that it does actually serve us. And that is when we compare, we are actually lasering in and looking for what we want in someone else, right? We see what we want in someone else. And so if we take that as a concept, right? I want you to like imagine you're kind of holding it in your hand, lasering in on what we want in someone else, what you want in someone else. We can use that to serve ourselves and to serve our marriage and to honor our husband. And so what I want to leave with you is how to want what you already have, right? We spend our lives so much chasing and looking for the thing we don't have that we miss out on wanting what we already have. And so we do that because a lot of times we look at our husbands um, from a place of lack. And what I want you to do is to look at him from a place of abundance. And so here's my challenge to you today. I want you to identify that place of lack in your husband right now, that place where you feel like he is just not meeting your expectations, where he is missing the mark, that place that hurts you, that makes you sad, that makes you frustrated and resentful towards him. What is it? If you were to fill in the blank and say, my husband does not, or my husband is not, fill in the blank there. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just turn it around. And the way that you do that is you identify all the ways that the opposite of that is true. So for example, if you feel like your husband is not encouraging of you, that he doesn't support you, um, and that he just isn't affirming you and you know, edifying you, right? What I want you to do is to identify 20 ways that he actually does, but that you have just not noticed. Because I guarantee you they are there. But you've been lasering in on what's not there. You've been looking only at the lack to the total and complete discredit to the abundance that's actually there. And so it may take you a while to actually come up with the answers because the truth of the matter is your brain has been conditioned to see that it's not there. 
And the only way that you are going to begin to see that it's there, the only way you are going to begin to experience that it is there is to train your mind to look for it. Whatever you look for, you will find all of the time. And so if what you are looking for in your marriage right now is a husband that is more supportive and encouraging and a husband that understands you, you have to look for him to be that way. And right now you've been basing, you know, what you see on the past. And so let's use the past in the right way. Let's use the past to your advantage in this moment. And just find 20 examples of times when he has encouraged you, times when he has supported you or whatever it is for you, right? Like you're doing this exercise based on what you feel is lacking. And that will be different for each and every one of you. But spend some time just brainstorming. What have I overlooked? What have I forgotten about? Because he has shown up for you in that way at some point. 20 ways for sure. Probably 200, but you just haven't noticed. So the way to work through when you're not getting what you want is to want what you already have. I hope this helps you today and I really hope that you take this to heart and that you'll take the time to do this exercise because it will change everything for you. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.